Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another yet exciting episode of Everyday Folks' series, BJ Speaks. On this show, I get the pleasure of interviewing amazing creatives, everyday people, and entrepreneurs, musicians, and the like, who are doing some amazing things and chatting a bit about the things they do and how they do it so well. If at any time you'd like to reach me or our, or our esteemed guest today, we're providing below in the description of this episode means by which you can contact us. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce my colleague, Dr. Mike Nelson. Mike Nelson re retired as a physician after 35 years in private sector, pri private practice. His life experiences are numerous and he held many occupations before pursuing a healthcare education and career. In his storied life, he has visited every state in the union and worked on five of the seven continents of the world. From shoveling manure to delivering babies, he has many life stories. Honing his skills as a public speaker, while he served as a professor and administrator for a major university, he is an excellent storyteller. And, and this May, this past May, released his fourth book, which we'll be chatting about today, Annie Abbott and the Jewett Stones. It is without further ado, I welcome my colleague, Dr. Mike Nelson. Mike, how are you today? I'm really good. I appreciate the invite, Billy. Thank you for being here, Mike. And I have to share your work you know, prior to the show. I had an opportunity of, of reading and, and learning more about your work, looking on your website. I'm just, I'm personally um, interested, one, because I love all things that are supernatural, science fiction, fiction, fantasy, all of my specializations. So thank you so much. But even more so, your work has, it resonates with you in such a, a, a remarkable way. So if you could share with me, who or what inspired you to write this incredible book? Well, uh, to make a short story long, <laughs> uh, I had uh, sat down after I was looking at retirement, I sat down and decided that uh, I was uh, going to start writing things down. Uh, I, I thought that my uh, I didn't have children until later in life, and I had what I thought was a pretty interesting life before that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only thing they knew about me was that I was very weird. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll sit down and write about this episode so that they know. My father gave me his diary mm -hmm. close to his own death that chronicled every mission that he flew during World War II. And uh, until that time, he had never spoken of it. And if I had been able to have read that earlier, mm -hmm. I would have had a better understanding of uh, why he was so difficult to live with. Wow. And so I uh, took that as a thing of saying, my kids should know why I'm weird, not just that they think I'm weird. So I wrote down certain episodes and eventually uh, I it stretched out into a few books. But when I was done with that, mm -hmm. um, it I felt like I was done writing and uh, sat on my hands, wrote a mm -hmm. few poems, a few short stories, but only for me, not for anybody else. And my daughter was having none of it. 
And hmm. so she said that I should keep writing. And I said, no, I'm done. And besides that, I'm out of ideas. The first three books were so autobiographical mm -hmm. that uh, I had told my story and I was empty. And she, and so I said, what would I write about? And she said, write about us. And I, and I said, well, what do, I, what do you mean? And she said, well, every year since I was little, you've taken me on some crazy adventure. And I had her so late in life that I mm -hmm. was an old man by the mm -hmm. time she was in high school. Mm -hmm. I'm an even older man now. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, trust me, the pull of gravity is nothing to trifle with. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, she said, uh, you know, write about those adventures. They were so great. Right. Why don't you make it into a treasure hunt or something like that? And I said, why don't I make it about a little witch and um, cast you as the main character? And she said, I'll do the research. And uh, away we went. Oh, uh, wow. And, I, and, and I, I learned that you and Isabel have been to many states in America. You've taken on so many adventures, which is really great. Because when you're writing adventure or fantasy, any type of, uh, you know, excitement and or plots that require movement, it requires world building, right? Building worlds and building spaces. So I was curious, were you able to draw from any of those incredible worlds or specific places that you and Isabel and family have been to really create the storyline behind your latest work? Hmm. I, I've never heard that term before, world building. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> I don't know how you could write about, like you said, movement, action, um, you can write about emotion till you're blue in the face, and, but um, you have to set the scene for wherever that emotion takes place. That's right. And it's very difficult to imagine something. It's much easier to write about what your own experience was. You know, if you're in, in uh, the high plains of Montana, you need to be able to tell the reader what the dust in your nose feels like and um you you know what the sparseness of the vegetation what the color of the sky is mm -hmm. because then when you scare the crap out of them <laughs> they also feel the surroundings and the desolation of no help right. you know that kind of thing um so world building absolutely but how do you write about it mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it yourself and i've and always thought I, I agree with you. I, I, I've always come from the, the foundation, even in my own work, or writing from where what I know, even mm -hmm. if it's through the stories and the, the triggers and the inspirations that I draw from other stories, especially if the folks or the individual or the source gives me the story and such, you, you know, that experience in such a meaningful way, it almost transports me there. So I say to you and your work, it's going to, I can't wait to read and dive into it because of the fact that I will be able to go into this incredible world and place and all these spaces that were influenced by your own creation, your own adventures, your own story. So starting from a place of familiarity is so important. I agree with you. Mm. 
I do want to know, though, you know, there are some qualities about your protagonists in this story. So I want to talk a little more about, you know, the Annie Abbott. Okay. And what are some of the unique qualities of the protagonist that are that readers could be will be interested in learning about? Without any spoilers, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, then uh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All Um, yours for the taking. (laughs) No, um, actually, that's pretty easy because the protagonist is, I I actually know her really well Mm -hmm. um, because I watched her grow up. the the book itself it you know there are some underlying there actually it has several layers in it but one of the underlying layers is uh empowerment and how um how uh learning is is so magical i mean mm-hmm. there we're talking about magic we're talking about a, a young woman who is um, not worldly, not just smart, but who has uh, so much to learn about the wheels of life. And through it, uh, you know, obviously she starts to evolve into recognizing that she has some of these skills herself, but all of the skills evolve from um, the magic that is learning uh, the theme that goes through the book is is that feel the life around you feel it the life that surrounds you mm-hmm. and know that everything that surrounds you is magical and as soon as you see the magic of everything around you you recognize that you are magical too and as soon as you feel recognize that you're magical too your powers begin to grow and so um basically we're 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 showing how how growth uh, happens in mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our lives, but we're hiding it behind a shield of magic. Mm. I love that. I love it. You know, writing this, and I can imagine your writing process. Um, each writer has a different way of how one arrives at producing the manuscript that eventually becomes the book, right? And the the, the final product that readers enjoy. So, what was your writing process like? In terms of piecing this together from, you know, even if you wish a typical day to final manuscript, I'd love to see, get a little taste of what your world was like in terms of creating this work and building it the way you did. Uh, I guess I would have to say that my writing practice is, is um, unique. <laughs> <laughs> How so? <laughs> well, first of all, I, you know, I, I, I'm a new thing to writing. I wasn't a writer. I had, okay. uh, you talked about how I, I, I'm going to circle back a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and you talked about how your writing is influenced by not only your imagination about things, but the fact that you can create imagination because you felt the other side where a lot of the stuff was academic and very straightforward and had parameters parameters all the way around it right and 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 it gives you an objective perspective of life which then you move over to a subjective Mm -hmm. perspective but you take that skill with you 
And I was thinking about that after a lifetime, almost a lifetime, of writing narrative reports for insurance companies. Mm. <laughs> and uh, you know, you want to talk about something that has parameters. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a 15 foot fence around those. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I had never written anything creative and uh, was not a good English student. Um, sorry, professor. <laughs> but uh, so you look at websites and things like that, and they talk about, oh, writing is hard. You know, you got to get up and you got to write 5,000 words a day and you got to stick with it and you got to plug along. And I just can't imagine there being any creativity in that process. Mm -hmm. And it's carried out by the fact that a lot of the books that you read these days are crap. I can't even say they're drivel. They're just terrible. But somebody published them. And, uh, uh, you know, where are the good editors anymore? I guess I'd say that. But at any rate, my process is completely different. Um, I usually uh, look for a task meditation. I mm -hmm. do a lot of woodworking. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll have a story that I'm thinking about. Lots of times when I write, I run, I write myself right into a dead-end cul-de-sac. <laughs> and uh, and it's like, well, where do we go from here? Right. And mm -hmm. so I'll make a couple of breadboards or charcuterie boards that uh, – keep my hands busy mm -hmm. while I kind of process the rest of the story. And then uh, I'm a late night writer. So I wait until the house is quiet and so are the streets. And then I actually write at the kitchen table and, uh, uh, and I, and I, the story is, is a stream of consciousness by that time. And so then all I have to do is, um, create the world isn't mm -hmm. that what you mm -hmm. what the you said building. yeah uh, i know the story now i want to i have to put it in a, in its environment and so it just streams out until i run into another cul-de-sac mm. and sometimes that's a three-hour thing and sometimes it's an all-nighter mm. and that's uh, I, I can relate to every word you just stressed there especially as an aspect there are certain times when you're writing it just flows and it's almost as if you, as the observer or the creator, you're now transported to your own world that you're building through this experience. It's like you're yeah, absolutely things, right. Where there are moments while you were writing, begin to look around like, wait a minute, I, I could I could see these things, even if they were drawn off of real things or fantasy. The fact is, you were immersed in the reality of the creation, and that's magic to me. Um, it, it, it's great in, in a lot of ways. And, and this is the really, really fun thing about writing is, is that, you know, everybody there. That's right. And you know them intimately. And at any point in your writing, you become one of them. <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and the change of perspective that takes place, um, by knowing them, observing them, and also being them uh, in a in a surrounding that you yourself can see and hear, um, those are the all nighters. <laughs> yeah, yes, they are. And in fact, Annie, as you build this world for Annie, are the protagonist. There are other characters that come into the story as well. So these other fabulous characters, are they also drawn from real life inspirations or, or are they just creations of different types to help reinforce who Annie becomes or evolves in the story? 
the the short answer is yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the longer answer is is that um, just like um, um, create you know creating your world, um, it's easier to uh, have a character. Um, who you've met, who you've, you know, gotten to know, um, because uh, everybody affects us differently. And, and there, uh, every, for instance, in the, in the book, Michael, who is her father, um, coincidentally with my first name, mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, this, this person of incredible stature and strength and someone that, absolutely everybody looks to and so um we've all known somebody like that and uh so that part is easy <clears throat> the other part is is that there most of the characters in this book um are a very isolated uh representation of one particular aspect of the human condition hmm. um you know there are, are uh, uh, which is Elspeth, the white witch, mm -hmm. um, is, uh, incredibly able to tolerate, to, um, identify truth and, um, to wrest the truth from any situation. And then the red witch is something entirely different, um, but something that we all recognize within ourselves. She also has a terrific sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. I didn't mean, you didn't did. mean to go, go, go. Oh, no, it was great, because not only did you get help me further understand the dynamics of these characters, but also the world in which they live, because at the end, they do reinforce the other. Right. And they begin to build. They are the world, the parts of the elements of the world that the reader will begin to enjoy and remember and celebrate. And in fact, my I, I, I learned that you and your daughter were recently at a Barnes and Noble signing um, recently. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and in every and, and all those signings and those experiences, it's very, it's it's a it's a different process, right? Would you say? And it's very different in the sense that writing is one thing, producing the work and, and weaving the world, but now you have this audience, a physical audience of readers, your fans who are really excited and wanted to get to know you and, and hear the story further. And of course, encouraged them to read the book. And so in that experience for you and Isabel, was she there as well? How was that for you? I How leave a lot of that to Isabel because, um, you know, I, 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 don't mind standing behind her at all. Mm -hmm. um, she's pretty, for one thing. Uh, she's young, and uh, she's a she's a really good spokesman. Uh, for me, mm -hmm. uh, and and part of it, you know, when you when you publish a book, you publish a book. Um, you write it for yourself, but then you get you. It's very easy to get. Um, tripped up and mm -hmm. start thinking about how much you want people to read it um, and how much you hope people read it. And you, and 
it, it you, there's a separation be, for me between the sales aspect right. of it and and the creation aspect of it and the joy is in the creation right but when you start talking about the marketing um you know i always joke because my first books are the greatest books never read and <laughs> and 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 at first I, I was a little concerned about that it hurt my feelings i guess mm -hmm. and then um when i got back to recognizing that it had to it was supposed to be fun um now i understand that there everybody that's read the books both of them, all of them, uh, have just said they're great. And and there's the reward. And so the fun part at Barnes and Noble or anything like that is to see people that saw the fun. Right. right. And uh, and and so that's just incredibly gratifying. Oh, they saw the fun. And as you as you move on to your, you know, your next works, I know that you know, I would say a creative mind is always busy. There's mm. always something going on. And for me, I'll, I'll share an example. Even as you're talking right now, I'm like, wow, Mike, your voice, your tone, your story is inspiring me. It's giving me some ideas of a character or an individual who I want to create a story around, right? And so mm. I'm listening and I'm learning. And I know that for you, turning that you know, that those 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 wheels are always turning for new ideas. And is there a follow up book for this one that's coming up, perhaps? Or will there be a separate um, story or, or, or storyline altogether? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the first answer is absolutely yes. Uh, the second book is due out in the spring. Um, it should be ready for the editor um close to christmas time and uh the 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 sequel to the first book is annie abbott and the red queen mm. and uh just a little background in that uh and uh the red queen uh is the queen of the elves almost mm. a thousand years old and uh a tr tremendous warrior and uh, so Annie has to uh, pick up a uh, little speed here in order to match her in gravitas. Ah, <laughs> I love it. And, and and so in that regard, Mike, as we come to a close here, I have to share a few words that come to mind as I sit here and listen to your story. Inspiring, creative, rewarding. I'll tell you why. Inspiring because you shared your your truth. You say, I, I come from this whole other world and identity, but yet that world is what makes a writer great. The creative aspects, the dimensions, the dynamics of your life become the fabric of your stories. Thank you for that. And then secondly, I look at the rewarding because of the fact that I, as a reader now, get to enjoy the fruits of your, your journeys, your stories. And the ones, not, not only the ones that have been written, but the ones that are to come. And I get to celebrate that as well. And then most importantly, I recognize the inspiration of the hard work and continuation, the creation aspect, because that's what makes us stay, you know, I think that creativity makes the world more colorful. It makes it more meaningful. 
it gives us understanding because in many cases, just like books, art imitates life. And so now through your work, now we add to that genre for, and I, I didn't even want to talk about it by genre or fantasy. Let's just talk about the work and its creation. And I thought that was super great. And you have these impressive stories. Folks, this is the amazing Dr. Mike Nelson. And if you want to reach Dr. Mike Nelson, there are a few options. They're posted below in this description for this podcast. You can reach him on Facebook at Michael D's Books. And that is Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-E-E-Z-E, Books. You can also reach him on Instagram. Mike Nelson, 373 is his handle again. And then website, Michael D's Books. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-E-E-Z-E books.com and on LinkedIn too at Michael Nelson. And lastly, Mike, here's a, a fun question for you. Have, you know, a lot of writers love Twitter and like to go to Twitter. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I find myself not very good at it. So I don't know what I'm doing as much as I like to write. And I find that that's so interesting because I feel so few characters don't allow me to be who I need to say. So I don't want to be as restricted when I want to be creative. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, <laughs> just a thought. No response required. But Mike is available on Twitter as well at Michael92087385. And we'll provide that handle in the description here too. Mike, I got a final question for you. And it's just a free one. What tips do you give or would you like to provide? to someone who is thinking about writing their own book, never written one before or published it. I should say written it, but never published it. What advice do you give that individual? Write it down. Mm -hmm. um, take, a, take a little while and, and sit down. If, you, if you've already been thinking about the story, think about how you would tell it to your 12-year-old or your 15-year-old or your 20-year-old, um, if it's important to you, then it's important to pass it on. And if you think about passing it on um, as an oral history or whatever you like, you'll flesh the story out and you'll, you'll immerse yourself in it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for all that you do and will continue to do in our literary genre and the world. And you know, this is not the last time you're going to be here at, in Everyday Folks. After I've read your work, good sir, I'm going to ask you to return because I'd love to have a post conversation with you about the extraordinary work because I will now have immersed myself in Annie's world. And I'd like to get to know that world and bring you back for a conversation. Are you open to that? Absolutely. Thank you, Billy. Thank you as well. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of Everyday Folks podcast, our special series, BJ Speaks, where we listen and speak to amazing creatives, authors, and everyday people. If you like our, our shows, there are more to, to listen to, over 250 episodes available in all major podcast outlets, including Spotify, iHeart, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and don't forget to subscribe. Take care.